Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello out there to all you hot and messy people. I hope you're happy and well today. I'm your weirdly over-friendly host, Lucy Vine, and this is The Hot Mess Clubhouse, a podcast celebrating funny women. Today's hilarious woman is a bona fide legend, author of 30-odd books, Jill Actual Mansell. I've pretty much been in love with this woman's writing for a lot of my life. Um, I've been obsessed with her books since I read Millie's Fling way back when, and I adored her most recent novel, Maybe This Time, which came out this summer and was predictably an immediate bestseller. Jill talks to me about writing the book, uh, which meant handwriting 600 pages, just imagine, and how it was inspired by an upside-down sheep. Uh, We also talk about her career as a whole, how she got into publishing and her false start trying to write Mills and Boone, but just being too funny. There's sillier stuff too, which covers important topics, including, you know, swearing, being a crisps person, and apostrophe snobbery. This episode was recorded as a live event at Waterstones Gower Street, so thank you for having us guys, but also sorry to everyone out there if the sound quality is a bit audiency. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Hot Mess Clubhouse. Um, my name is Lucy Vine, um, and I cannot tell you how excited I am to be welcoming the amazing Joe Mansell to the club this evening. Um, even after 30 books, <laughs> she still manages to be one of the warmest, funniest, most gorgeous storytellers I'm writing today. Um, this evening we're celebrating her new novel, uh, Maybe This Time, which came out in paperback last week. Uh, it's absolutely wonderful. I cannot recommend it enough, highly enough, but I don't need to because it's already a bestseller. Um, so, everyone, please give a huge hand for the incredibly talented Jill Manson. Um, so, huge congratulations on this new book. Um, I honestly think it's my favourite yet. Um, could you describe it for us? You think your life is heading one way and then all of a sudden it just goes in a completely other direction because everything that you thought was going to happen isn't going to happen. You find out that the lovely man you're with isn't quite so lovely after all. And so you up sticks and move somewhere new, which I just think is such an interesting thing to write about. Yeah. And the whole idea of the book was started off on Twitter by um, a picture of an upturned sheep in a field. <laughs> right. I am a country girl, I grew up in the Cotswolds, and I know that 
if they lose their balance and tip over in the rain, their wool gets sodden and wet and heavy. And so they're there with their legs in the air and they can't get up again. And it's very dangerous for them, they can die. But people who don't know that might think, what on earth's going on there with that sheep in the field with his legs in the air? <laughs> and so it just gave me the idea for the whole book because Mimi arrives in this tiny village miles from anywhere. She gets off the train and she thinks... No taxis. <laughs> yeah, she thinks, I'll get there. I'm going to visit my dad in his new village, so I'll just get a taxi when I get there. And, of course, there are no taxis. There's nothing. There's no buses. So she's heading off on foot. She sees somebody wrestling with a sheep in the field <laughs> and thinks that something just horrendous has happened. Doesn't, has no clue what's going on. I was quite worried. <laughs> but so she meets somebody who's lovely, who's very happily married, got an absolutely adorable daughter, yeah. who's, um, whose name is Cora, which is, I chose that name because I met um, Harriet Evans' daughter, Cora, and she was just the most amazing, like, six-year-old year Did there. you tell them that you were naming a character for them? I think I have. I think I have, yes. I've done, I, I've done it before with friends. And is this, was this a sort of a favour, or have you just run out of names after 30 months? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yes. Yeah. But yes, I, I, I've got all these baby names books, and plus we've got the internet now, which we didn't have when the I what? first started. <laughs> and, but you do. You're searching for interesting names, and they all have to sort of go with each other. They, yeah. they can't all have... It's like when my kids were small, I used to have to read the Harry Potter books to my kids, and there was Harry, and there was Hagrid, and there was Hermione, and I just thought, why didn't she just choose them with names that didn't all begin with an H? Mm -hmm. They were difficult to read. Yeah, <laughs> I've been told off for that by my editor, like naming too many people with being L. <laughs> I'm such a narcissist. <laughs> Um, how many people have sung maybe this time at you since this came out? Quite a few. <laughs> and, but it's a nice thing because it's, it's, it's a right fantastic now. song <laughs> and I really love it. And so I, I, wonderful. I like having the, the name of the book make people think of a nice song. Yes. Which I have done before. With a it's been in my head for maybe three months straight. <laughs> it's lovely, I love it. <laughs> and how do you feel when a new book is coming out? Do you still get nervous and excited and all those things? More nervous. More than nervous. Than ever. Oh, yeah. why? Yes. Because when I started off, there was no internet, obviously. So I'd just write a book and it would come out and that would be fine. But now I've got all these people saying, I can't wait, I'm so excited. And I just say, oh, but I hope they're not going to be disappointed. And, and I know, but... But it's just human nature, isn't it? You, you do get nervous. But do you think that you've just maybe forgotten how nervous you were before and, like, childbirth, you blanked it out in order to have another one? It's not as bad as childbirth. <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I do want to talk about CJ, because he's one of my favourite characters. He's one of my favourite characters. Amazing. So he's an author. He's a monster. I quite fancy him. <laughs> Fancy monsters. He's just one of these really successful authors that he's come to um, take everything for granted now and think a little bit that he's sort of a bit godlike. Yeah. You must do it as well. You think things that you wouldn't ever say. Like. But, <laughs> but, um, but he does say, he'll say anything. But he was a monster and the people people have noticed that he's a dinosaur. He says he's a dinosaur because he writes 
by hand with a fountain pen, but that's but what I do. do, yeah. Right. But, and people have told me that I'm a dinosaur, and I am, but I can't help it. That's Very the successful way, dinosaur. That's the way <laughs> the books get written. Yeah. So I just do, do you it. sort of fall in love with Cal, who's your um, am I allowed to say romantic lead? Yeah. It's okay to say, right? Yeah. Um, do you fall in love with these guys as you're writing them a little bit? Are you are you a bit like oh? Tutting at your husband and being like, "Why aren't you more like Cal?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. Yes. <laughs> because when we first met, me and my husband—not we're not married, but I'm oh, sorry, partner. Thirty odd years ago, <laughs> he used to be so funny, and I used to be so funny. And after you are that, so funny. I never. After, after thirty-five years, we're not so funny with each other. Right. If, if I was meeting somebody new, I would make an effort to be funnier. Yeah. And so would he. It's, it's thrilling sometimes when we do make each other laugh, but it doesn't happen as much. I used to say, well, you used to be much funnier. <laughs> <laughs> do you make him read your books and say, could you just be a bit more like this guy? No, no. oh gosh. He tried to read the first one, and, and it was like he was studying for... Uh, an A level or something. <laughs> he was saying, right, I'm up to chapter seven, um, seven now. Go on, test me, test me. I've really, I've really read it. I, I really know the characters. <laughs> I want to now do the clubhouse initiation, um, which don't panic doesn't involve streaking, unless, oh. unless you're up there. <laughs> um, it's just a, a quick fire get to know you round. Are you ready? Oh, yes. Okay, here goes. How vivid are your dreams? Oh my God, oh, sometimes they're very, very vivid. And I had a panic dream the other day that I went into a shop and saw my new book and I took it off the shelf and all the pages fell out. (laughs) And I'd forgotten that until you said it. I'm so sorry. Have you ever broken a bone? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Lots of them? Um, A few. My daughter brought a friend home from school one day for the very first time and they were sitting having a lovely sort of polite, I want you to be my friend, will you be my friend conversation. And I fell down the stairs and I went down the stairs going, and landed at the bottom and I broke my foot. And she said, oh mum, you're so embarrassing. Did she check you out dead first or just embarrassing? No, no, it was just embarrassing. Uh, What are you a snob about? Apostrophes. <laughs> Is that oh, That's a very good answer. Is that snobbish? If people do apostrophes, yeah. just, oh god. Okay. What is your nickname? Oh, I don't think I've got one now. I used to be called Matchsticks at school because my legs were so thin. Is that why they kept breaking? That's why. You know, that's why. Nobody's ever seen my legs. I just always wear long stuff and cover them up. They're really skinny. Did you ever get lost when you were little? Oh, uh, yeah, a couple of times. I went up to somebody that I thought was my mum and said, Mum, and held their hand and it wasn't there. Oh, that's so embarrassing. I know. <laughs> and then my son did that when he was about three or four, and I saw it happen, and I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> um, do you kiss on one cheek or two? Um, a two, I think. I think, because I live down in Bristol, it's sort of... We don't really do it so much. Um, and then I come up to London and all of a sudden I have to start oh, doing the kiss thing. Really these. <laughs> yes. Oh, and then finally, how do you take your tea? Brown tea, not green weird tea. Okay, brown uh, tea. I've never heard it referred to as brown tea before. <laughs> well, um, congratulations, you are now officially in the Hot Mess Clubhouse, Jill. Oh, yeah. and there, Fantastic. There is a, a goodie bag. Oh, my goodness.
And you don't like, usually I fill this with chocolate, but you're not a chocolate person, are you? Not much. Sometimes. Oh. I'm a crisp person. Yeah, so there's some crisps in there. Oh! <laughs> I did my research. <laughs> and, there's, okay. and there's a tiny tiara that I need you to put on. <laughs> you don't actually have to. <laughs> she does. That's it. Because she's the queen. <laughs> Just sort of, I think, stick it. There you go. That looks really good. <laughs> So, um, your incredible writing career, after 30 books, can you actually remember all your stories and characters? Do people ever try and talk to you about something and you have no idea what they're referring to? I do lose track, but my American publishers are just bringing out my first book. So, in January, the very first book that I wrote 35 years ago, so that came out, and I had to go through it because you have to sort of Americanise them and yeah. and do and, sidewalks and, and pavements and things. When they say things like, um, if I've said Alan Carr in a book, they'll say, "We don't know who Alan Carr is. Can you just give us an American?" They should program? know who Alan Carr is. <laughs> have you had to do that at all with your other foreign translations and stuff? No, no, just the American one. Yeah, I got some. I got some funny emails when they were translating Hot Mess, especially I think it was Poland who emailed me and said. Um, what's a spit roast? <laughs> <laughs> is it a dance move? And if it's not a dance move, can we make it a dance move? <laughs> yes, that's fine. <laughs> so where do you get your ideas from? I watch a lot of television. Love. I watch this morning. And over the years, I've just used ideas from problems, phone-ins, and sometimes it's a, it's a fun, fun story that's happened to a friend of mine and then I'll ask them if I can use it. Oh, you do ask? Oh, yes. But have you met anybody yet that didn't want to be written about? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas, absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I have not yet met anybody who didn't want me to write. All the people in my life are really cross with me that they haven't starred in a book yet. <laughs> yes, and I, t- I tell you what happens, it's always the least hearing material men yeah. <laughs> who come up to me and say, that's me, isn't it? That's me. <laughs> and they are convinced that it's them. And yeah, it's definitely 
be a man thing, especially. It's, yeah, the women don't, they don't do that, but uh, the men do it all the time. That's so funny. And they want to be chosen, and then when they aren't chosen, they still think they've been chosen. <laughs> As we mentioned, you do handwrite everything. Mm. I mean, how long have you spent writing 100 pages by hand? Well, I usually do 600 pages handwritten, so probably two months. Wow. Yeah. That is astonishing. Have you ever tried writing on a computer? Yes, I've tried it. Because um, a writer friend years ago said, Jill, you doing your books the way you do, it's like you carrying all your washing five miles down <laughs> into the valley and bashing it on the rocks in the stream to get it clean instead of putting it into a washing machine. And I know that, and I know it will be so much easier, but writing by hand is the only way that I can do it. I have tried, I know it would be so much easier. My daughter types my books now for me, and when she was living in France, training to be a teacher, I used to photograph each handwritten page and email it to her. And she can read your handwriting, presumably. She can read my handwriting. Only, is that why you hire her? Also, yes, she can also tell me off when I have a sort of an 18-year-old character saying, oh, crikey. <laughs> She's like, Mum, they don't say that anymore. <laughs> But you must have to be very self-disciplined to actually sit down and write. Your hands must hurt so much. No, they don't, because I only do about... I'm like a bit of a snail. I'm not one of these people that can say, oh, I've done 6,000 words today. I'm more of 1,000 words a day. You call yourself a snail, and then you say there's another book coming out in January. That It can't be possible. You must be lying I to <laughs> I'm so envious of these people that can write all these thousands and thousands of words. And I'm just like this really boring, slow person. I don't like to do drafts because I get bored with re rewriting. So I tend to just do the one write and then a sort of a tidy up rewrite. Do you read it when it's been typed out? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. Such a deeper, I love this no. <laughs> You've earned it, have you? No. I've just finished writing it and then Marion will come back with my edits and so then I will have to read it then. Right. I know that Lydia's done it you know, okay <laughs> to be sent off to Marion. Right. Then Marion does that, she comes back with her edits, so then I have to rewrite, uh, not rewrite, rewrite the bits that she says. And, um, but what's fascinating is you never know what is going to be good and what's going to be bad. Sometimes I'll be writing a bit thinking, this is really awful. I really hope Marion doesn't notice how awful this is <laughs> and make me rewrite it. And then she'll come back and say, oh, I really love this bit. And then another bit that I think is the best bit of the whole book, she'll say, maybe we could lose this. <laughs> and yeah. But she's my editor and she knows what she's, she's doing, and so I, I go along with Do it. Do you throw tantrums and say, no, we're keeping things? Yeah. <laughs> 95% really? of the time I, I do what Marin says because she's, she's good at her job. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> That's a relief. Do you indulge? Are you somebody that looks up reviews and checks what people are saying? Yes. I mean, the lovely thing, the best thing about... Um, being on Facebook and Twitter. And my, I didn't want to be on Twitter to begin with. My publishers tried to get me on Twitter and I said, I don't want to go on that, I'm not interested, don't make me do it. And they said, just try it for a few days and if you really hate it, you can give up. And so I tried it for a few days and then I was completely hurt. <laughs> I could have written loads more books <laughs> if I hadn't been on Twitter. <laughs> but there's that thing now 
now the um, the midnight thing before your book is published for the first time, and people are waiting up for it to arrive on their Kindles. And that is just brilliant and amazing. amazing. And people say, oh, I've taken the next day off work, so it's going to arrive at midnight, and I'm going to just sit and read it all night. That's it's amazing. Just, it's mind-blowing, and, yeah. it's, and it's all over the world as well. It's oh, just incredible. fantastic. Speaking of all around the world, I read your Wikipedia page, um, journalist, um, <laughs> and you have sold more than 10 million copies worldwide. I mean, that's probably been doubled since the Wikipedia page was updated. But... Does that blow your mind, or are you a bit used to it now? I can't imagine that number. Yeah. Um, but I know when I first started that I think we got to like sort of sixty or seventy thousand, and somebody said that Wembley Stadium was like seventy thousand. And to think of Wembley Stadium, and I, I used to do that. I thought, imagine everybody in Wembley Stadium sitting instead of watching a football match, <laughs> sitting reading one of my books. That's just. And do you feel able to own that? Are you able to say, you know what, I've done amazingly well? Um, no. <laughs> British. <laughs> do you have men come up to you and say, like, oh, I quite enjoyed that. Well done, you. <laughs> Even though I'm not the demographic sort of thing. Yeah, they're, they're usually, the men are usually on holiday with their wives. They've run out of books to thrillers to read. They've run out of Lee Child and James Patterson. <laughs> And, um, yeah. and so they haven't got anything else, so they'll read one of mine, and they'll say, oh, I read it. I, I enjoyed it. It was okay, it was you good. know. <laughs> one, guy, one guy said, um, he said, I learned something from your book. He said, uh, uh, every year I buy, my, I buy the missus, I'm sure he said the missus, it's a few years ago, but he was that kind of person. I buy the missus underwear, for, sexy underwear for Christmas. And he said, I read in your book that a woman said, I wish for once, he, instead of sexy underwear, he'd just buy me a beautiful cashmere cardigan. And he said, so I bought my wife a cashmere cardigan for Christmas. And he said, she's never been so happy about anything. <laughs> An amazing thing that I'm not sure male authors have as much is this incredibly supportive network of female authors, which I have found in the last couple of years, which is incredible. And as evidenced by Lindsay Calc being here this evening. Thank you, Lindsay. Um, and I know you're incredibly supportive and lovely to many, especially up and coming authors. Do you think it's important to give fellow you know, female writers a leg up in that way? It's just a nice thing to do. Um, just before my first book came out, I was invited along to the Nibbies, the British Book Awards, and I was introduced to Jilly Cooper, and it was a very snowy day, and we didn't know if the trains were running, and she was so lovely. I met her and chatted to her, and I said, oh, I've got to be at work in the morning, and I don't know if there's, with the snow it's going to be difficult. And so she was at the height of her fame. Yes. Ness. And, um, and I was absolutely nobody at all. And she said, well, look, I've got a car taking me home from here in London to my house. Why don't you come back with me and stay at my house tonight and, wow. and then get back to work in the morning? And, and I had to say no because what? I couldn't, I couldn't no. get back from her house in Bisley, Stroud. Right. Um, by 8.30 in the morning at the hospital because you can't let people down in the hospital oh, you've got to be there and so I said oh that's so lovely thank you but no I can't accept but what a dream thing for somebody to say so if I can be nice to other people 
Um, I think once at a book signing since then. You go over and say, I've got my sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm staying, I'm not moving out this time. I'm staying for a week. I've quit my job. <laughs> I'm going to ask for some audience questions in a minute, so get your thinking heads on. Um, but will you keep doing this indefinitely? I think so, yeah. So every, t- every time I sort of think, oh, I can't do it anymore, and then you sort of come up with another idea and... So you mentioned, uh, am I allowed to say Cotswold? Yes, the next one. Well, I did an event in the Cotswold um, about three months ago, and, and it was set... We were staying in this amazing, the oldest inn in England. Wow, and it was over a thousand years old, wow. and it was so fantastic. And I kept thinking, I'm going to have to write about this place. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. So I am changing the name of the of Stow on the Wold. But if people look up Stow on the Wold, it will be that I think. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've just started writing it. I've written about sixty pages so far, and I'm winging it at the moment. I haven't got any idea what's happening. <laughs> but so do you not plan? I wanted to ask you about that. Um, <coughs> I've always wanted to be a planner because I'm sure it would be so much easier, but I just can't do it. Well, it obviously works. (laughs) Are you allowed to tell us anything about the one that's coming out in January? If anybody's seen the the Richard Curtis film About Time, that's the house it's set in. Big white house. Oh, wow. (laughs) Looking over the sea in Cornwall with the lovely... But it's not about time. No, it's not. Do you have any any audience questions? Do you have any lies in the early songs you'd like us to say? (laughs) Yes. Um, You said earlier uh, that you, like at the beginning, you were rejected a few times. Mm -hmm. And what I want to know is, the books that you submitted, did you just say, all right, I'm not going to use them and write complete new books? Or did you return to them later, or did you just keep going with those books, maybe edited? What was happening? I was working in the hospital, and I was wondering if there was anything that I could do to transform my life. And I picked a magazine out of the waiting room, and it was a Sunday Express colour supplement, and there was a piece in there about women who transformed their lives by becoming best-selling authors. And so I thought, okay, I'll have a go at that. And, um, Amazing. and so I started doing that. Um, but at the time, these massively best-selling authors were Mills and Boone authors. Yeah. So although Mills and Boone wasn't my favourite thing to read, I read loads and tried, I tried to become a Mills and Boone author. And I sent the books off and they said, you write well, um, but they're too funny. They're not in, there's not enough, enough emotion, um, and there's too much humour. So cut out the humour, more emotion, and then you know, then we might consider you. And I just found that I couldn't cut out the humour, and I couldn't ramp up the emotion. And um, so none of those, nothing ever happened with any of them. I've still probably got them in a. Can we? <laughs> no, they're probably awful. Funny sex. That's but, all I would want to so read. So then I started and went from trying to do something that I thought I should do to become successful to writing the kind of thing that I would like to read. Do you have them all, all these pieces of paper with your words written? Do you have an yes, attic full yeah. of words? Probably, yes. I did throw loads out for the recycling and... No! I, I, no! I, 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 
I, I put them out in the big black recycling box and, and then I happened to go out into the kitchen one day just as they were being collected by the recycling people and they were all standing around, six men, <laughs> reading bits out of my book to each other and pissing themselves <laughs> off. Um, any other questions before we... Yeah. I just wanted to ask, with you writing by hand, do you set yourself a deadline every day of how many words you want to write, or is it just how you feel and you feel you come to a natural end for the day? Or It's lovely if I can do a thousand words a day, which is like five pages for me. Towards the very end of the book, then maybe I can do maybe nearly 2,000, but 1,000 is fine. And when I left work to become a writer, my all my friends said, you right from home you won't do anything you'll just but the thing is if you if you don't get it done and you don't meet your deadlines then your publishers will dump you and they'll download somebody Ruthless. who can meet their deadlines do you do Monday to Friday like nine to five yeah sort of yeah Amazing. and if you really have a bad day and you don't want to do any work then you feel more guilty the next day so you you force yourself to I still wish I could be one of these people that wrote loads and go on these writing retreats. Oh, they go so fun, they? Should we do a writing retreat then? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> All these people do these and they keep inviting me and I said, I'd love to go on a writing retreat but I wouldn't get a single word written. <laughs> Just me drinking all yeah. of it. Sounds great. Any other questions before we... Okay, yeah, sure. Do you read? And if so, is there something that you wish you'd written? Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Jojo Moyes, Me Before You. And, and I love the fact that the first time I met Jojo, we were both very, very low on the food chain of authors. <laughs> but this and is what I mean, it's such a community. I think it must be really words. hard to, to have a huge hit with your first book. Mm. And I'm glad that that didn't happen. Um, because it's, it's much more natural to grow an audience and she was just so amazing writing that nobody thought none of her, her publishers weren't so sure about the idea of what she was writing about but she wrote it because she wanted to write it and i think that was one of my favorite fantastic books that's the kind of thing i'll aim for and want to try and be as brilliant as they are you you are oh Joey, you're so wonderful i can't say that enough and thank you so so much for being here this evening um you are a goddess and i think everybody here agrees with that and thank you for for continuing to write such joyful brilliant wonderful books please continue to do so forever um, and thank you all to everyone here for joining us this evening and uh, for waterstones for hosting us um let's give a huge round of applause for Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.